You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment-related. I'm Lynn Molitor, and joining me in the quad today is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Azure Mahara. Hello, everyone. And Tim Muma. Hey, everybody. We always have lots to talk about, so let's get started. Jacqueline is going to start us off by talking about interruptions in the workplace. Yes. Thank you, Lynn. So you we know what, Jacqueline, hey, Jacqueline, before Jacqueline. you get started. <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> and we did oh, not even plan that. Oh, boy. We Great got months. a comedy routine going. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Uh, Thank take, you. take it away. <laughs> take it away. Okay. Well, as you notice, <laughs> my colleagues, no. We, um, I, I wanted to bring this topic up because... You know, sometimes interruptions at work are necessary, and then sometimes things are not as urgent as maybe the person who's doing the interrupting thinks. And I just wanted to talk about any etiquette that we can provide to our listeners out there. Regardless of the hierarchy that you're at, there is this common element of respect in the workplace and respecting people who are, you know, in a meeting, whether you're attending a webinar online or whether you're having a conversation with someone, you know, when is it appropriate to interrupt and, um, and, and how do you do it? And I had read an article that was giving some examples on, on how to, how to go about interrupting and when it was appropriate. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to read Mm -hmm. it, but what were your thoughts and, and I don't know, provide our listeners with any tips? (laughs) Well, first of all, I'd say, um, general office etiquette is especially if you're whether you're actually whether you're sitting in an office or sitting at your cube and someone is in your office or in your cube then I don't think you should be interrupted Mm -hmm. I mean unless it's like you know the building's on fire yeah (laughs) or you know there's just some kind of you know it's like if someone is talking and it even if you can't hear them you know, whether it's, you know, it could be personal, but you don't know, mm-hmm. or, or I shouldn't say personal, non-work related. <laughs> I think if someone is in there in your office, even if the door to the office is open, I don't think you should go in there. I like that. I, I do. Because it inter- I think the, the, for me, the rationale is because it interrupts what was happening at that moment. So now I'm taking time away from the person that I was spending time with or the, the item that I was doing. And then you have to stop address what is happening and answer questions, and then refocus and get back to what you were doing. I just feel like instant message someone or schedule it on their calendar. Mm-hmm. Right. I, the hard part for me is always it's, and they talk about it in the article a little bit, is that passing by sort of people are talking in the hallway and you want to acknowledge them because I'm accused oftentimes of ignoring people or sort of looking the other way. <laughs> uh, not intentional, just the way I am. But, uh, oh, I thought you were being polite. Yeah, well, I mean, that, honestly, it is part of it because I, if I see two people engaged in conversation, my immediate thought is, okay, I can always say hi later or whatever. But, I mean, it even happened yesterday. Somebody who I work with on a, a pretty regular basis with the radio side and, and he was talking with a colleague and it was like, okay, do I just give like the old head nod? Do I, you know, just to acknowledge and I mentioned there, just acknowledge that you saw them, you'll chat later kind of thing. But, uh, you know, even mentioned there the idea of it's a little childish to kind of stand and wait, too, because I think oh, yeah. oh it, yeah. it's, you know, it kind of puts pressure on somebody. So just mm-hmm. if they're in that conversation, you know, and this is sort of like I said, like maybe in the hallway or in the lunchroom or something, just 
give some sort of acknowledgement, walk away, then send that instant message like Jacqueline said, or just stop by again later. Just, I think it's it's a little bit of a dance, but I always err on the side of caution. Just maybe give that, hey, heads up, and then and then move on because you hate to be standing there and making feel making someone feel like, oh, we got to get done with this conversation. Cause, right. Oh, Tim well, has something to say. You know, right. And and when I was reading it, that kind of made me laugh because it it pointed out in the article that um, that's something children do yeah. that stand there and wait. For mom and dad. Well, to what did they her. say? Yeah. Now mind your adults and don't talk until the right. adults are done talking. <laughs> right. So what does that make you look like when you're standing there <laughs> waiting for um, your manager or somebody to to finish talking? And actually I just had a friend that is a manager that was um, complaining about one of her um, employees that was doing that. And he would come in, he would just stand there and he would wait for them to finish. And she had to pull him aside and be like, what are you doing? You know, that's very disrespectful. <laughs> if I, if you right. see I'm in a conversation, don't, I shouldn't have to stop my conversation, address you, say, I will get back to you in a few minutes. If you walk over and you see that there's somebody else already in my office, walk away and, um, you know, just send me a message, an instant message, or I know that you're waiting for me. I, I'll message you when I'm, when I'm finished. Because in effect, it is a form of like skipping in line. It is. Um, you know, even if you're like standing there waiting, you could be hearing their conversation. And maybe the two people who are talking don't want you to hear their right. conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not maybe it's not necessarily private, but on the other hand, it's not like they're asking you to join in it either. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And I think that I think that's what we have to remind ourselves is that, you know, we obviously all have projects, we all we all have assignments, tasks, and and a lot of it is through collaboration. But I think if you instant message the person and say, Hey, do you have a sec? You send them an email and say, Can I follow up with you later? Or schedule 15 minutes in their yes. calendar to just stop by and talk about what it is that you need to talk about. And and maybe as a manager, you need to have that conversation with your team saying, you know, feel free to schedule stuff on my calendar. I know my team knows that. Mm-hmm. And my team practices actually my team is pretty good at just instant messaging and saying, hey, do you have a sec? Can I stop by? And that I really respect. And I think we drive pretty well that way. And also – they're really good at if there's something open in my calendar, they'll just schedule the 15 minutes. And that's okay with me. Yeah. You know, you, what I find to be also annoying is when you ask me if you can schedule time, and oh. I'm like, well, did you, was it open? They'll say, you know, can I schedule time at 2.30 for you? I'm like, well, was it open? Well, yeah. Then schedule it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's true. Just schedule it. It's open. <laughs> but if it's if it's blocked off, and I know we've talked about this before, um, I have, I have, you know, like, hey, is, does, do you have any flexibility? This is the only time that works for me and the other person to meet. Would oh, that yeah. work? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's oh, yeah. good. Yeah. I know, actually, um, all of you know who my boss is. And he actually has, t- and he sits on the opposite end of the floor, which, I mean, it is a little bit of a walk. <laughs> um, but he has told me, it's like, if you, please don't pop in unannounced in my office. Can you just instant message me and see, you know, tell me what you need to talk about and, you know, if it's two minutes or whatever, because he actually does programming, which we all know. And when he's like in the middle of some, Mm. you know, thought process, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want, you know, popping in and saying, hey, hey, how's it going? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. There's a code problem. And that's that's what I'm getting at. It sort of like interrupts what you're doing and then you have to get back to that. And you're yeah. like, wait, where was I? Mm-hmm. So, right. Yep. All right. So we, we talked about it. Instant message, send uh, send an email or schedule, you know, a quick 15-minute conversation in their calendar if it's open. 
Yes. And I, I'm going to just throw this out there um, for the listeners. I come from a, a family that interrupts a lot. Um, so <laughs> it, it took me a long time to try to like really work on that. Um, and if you do interrupt, feel free to say, I'm sorry, I just interrupted you. And, and take a step back because even after you do interrupt and the damage is already done and they're like, oh, you just interrupted me. If you acknowledge it, just stop and yeah. let them finish and that's then say, I'm coming back. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, cool. All right. So my topic is related to this discussion in a way. So instant messaging, which we've just been oh, talking yeah. about, obviously is a form of interruption, even if you're just sitting at your desk. Um, so we've talked about email etiquette in the past. What is good etiquette for instant messaging? Any thoughts? Yes. Don't use text message lingo. Like, oh, I'm guilty Write out the that. word you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am so guilty. But you, you are actually on your phone sometimes, correct? Or yeah. Like mo- you're mobile. Um, so I can see that. But if I'm you're sitting so at your desk, <laughs> I don't know why, but that just, I mean. I usually do it with, with people that I'm really close to, though. Right. Like, I would never email the president of the company with the letter <laughs> U. Oh. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I would write and complete. But with my close colleagues, oh, I totally am no. guilty of texting IMing language. But I think it's a little bit different if it's internally, like you're talking about. I get. Um, from external communication sometimes that oh. somebody that's on a mobile phone, like on a phone or something and emailing me back and I'll I'll ask like three questions. My email will be kind of formal, you know, not completely, but, and then it will just be like, yes, thank oh. you. And I'll be like, yes, yeah. so which question? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's but, so frustrating. Yeah, getting back to the instant messaging though, I think one thing that you have to do because it is a form of interruption in that person's day, you don't know if they're at their desk, if they're on the telephone or what the situation is. I think you definitely have to say, you know, do you have a second um, hi or yeah. are you there or something and then let the person, you know, say I'm in a meeting or, or let let them respond. Don't just start like, asking your questions right away. <laughs> I like do a balance or I try to. Sometimes I'll give them the heads up like high question mark. Mm-hmm. And then other times when it's like a like a really easy like yes no, I'll say high question mark da 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 and ask my question right away because even though you know and that's that's the sole purpose of it. Right. And then then they tend to just answer quick and then it's done mm-hmm. so I kind of but if I want to have a conversation I, I will then, do that too and actually I've done that to you a few times with like some of the projects that I'm working on but I'll say you know hey hi quick quick question and oh, then I'll write it yeah and then I'll say just answer me whenever you have a second right. at least you know that it's there mm-hmm. and then when it you yeah. might be away from your desk or you might come back and you might see it but at least you know what I wanted to ask you Right. You know, with our system, too, it'll show for the most part if someone's available versus busy versus in a meeting. So I'll kind of gauge it that way. If uh, if it says they're available, then I assume that they're sort of just kind of freelancing what they're doing at the time. Then I might just send that yeah. quick question, get it done with. If it says busy, I know they may be at their desk, but they might have a chance to answer. So that's all, you know, maybe be like, hey, Jacqueline, or, yeah. you know, do you have a second, that kind of thing. So I sort of balance it, like you said, Lynn, um, just depending on what it says on their oh, schedule. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, if it says they're in a meeting, I just... I just wait, you know, unless it's, again, if it's something urgent. And in that case, I probably just go over by their cube to see if they're actually there and, and busy, uh, that going back to the interrupting part of things. But I think I am is a, it's a great way to just to sort of bridge that gap and, and you're not wasting anyone's time, so to speak. And, and uh, you know, sort of like with a text, you know, they'll get back to you when they can, as opposed to trying to call them or even head to their desk. I think it works really well. I think that um, the in the meeting thing and um, different 
statuses you can have on your instant message. Um, you have to be careful because I know that with our system, if you have your calendar blocked off for anything, so even if I'm sitting at my desk working on something, right. um, it'll say that I'm in a meeting. Mm. And unless you manually go in there, and I know that in my department, we've discussed that. Feel free to still message me. If I really am in a meeting, I will send you a message like in a meeting. I'll, yeah, I'll or just not answer. But then it makes me, you know, like, well, for other departments that I'm communicating with, is that still okay? Or are they only setting it in a meeting when they're actually in a meeting? And then I'm being rude, you know? So I never change my status. Like, it's rare right. if I change my status. So um, the, the way I think what you're talking, my status is hooked up to my calendar. So if I have it blocked off as an appointment, it'll automatically change to busy on my computer. Right. Um. So I, so I think you have to sort of kind of play sure. by right. is the status accurate to what's happening and that's why i always just say hey are you there do you have a yeah it doesn't hurt yeah it doesn't hurt to just ask right you know um, ask you something. another tip that i have though too and this is something that i learned from um the person who i report to is if the conversation is going to take more than you know a couple of minutes two minutes kind of pick up the phone yeah right, right. you know yeah or else sometimes you know an email may, may be appropriate because sometimes right. i know oh. i'll get you know, a person will send me email questions, you know, which I haven't had time to answer. Then all of a sudden they start sending me questions via IMing, you know, mm-hmm. basically skipping again the queue. And it's like, okay, you could have sent me an e- You know, I haven't answered your email questions because I don't really have time for mm-hmm. that. Now you're asking me yeah. other questions. And so sometimes you kind of have to balance that. And I know I'm guilty of it too. You know, sometimes I'll... I am to get the quick question. I'm like, oh, I probably could have just asked in an email and if it's a close, that. I feel like if it's a close-ended question, a yes or no response, oh. just I'm okay with it. Right? Yeah. You know what, though? Um, you just made me think of actually one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to in- instant messaging. And it's if somebody has something that they want me to get done, like, hey, there's a correction that's needed here or um, this production needs to be done by this time. Can you get this? And they're asking me to get something done and they instant message me, it drives me crazy because I'm in the middle of doing something else. And they're like, oh, can I get this spec sheet from you? And I'm just like, right. Yeah, like, can you email me? Because or, you know, right. put it through a, a SharePoint request is something that we also use. But um, if you instant message, like asking for something to be given to you or besides the yes or no kind of questions, it I mean, it, there, that's, there makes room for error in that to get dropped, the ball to get dropped on that because... Yeah. <laughs> Calls out that instant message. Oh, right. You lose it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So email that. <laughs> We're on fire. Then. We're on fire today. Okay. So we better uh, we better start shifting our gear slightly to our next topic so we have time to finish today. And Azure, you're going to introduce the next one. Yes. So I wanted to talk about taking the blame in the workplace. Um, I know that we all make mistakes and nobody likes to be the one that made the mistake or um, look bad in front of the boss or anything like that. But um, I just feel like sometimes when it is your blame to take that you need to take it. And I'm not saying roll over and just basically let all the, the faults fall on you. But if it's your why I wanted to just talk about why it's a good thing to take blame when it's yours to take and how it can actually help you in your career rather than hurting you. So I just kind of wanted to get everyone's opinion on that. And I think it's definitely it's it's one of those difficult things as a human being. Period. Whether right. it's in the workplace or whatever else, and I think the part where I struggle a lot 
I mean, obviously there'll be times that I'll make a mistake and I maybe don't own up to it right away because you're trying to fix it before it becomes an um, issue. And, you know, maybe that maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. Uh, I guess it depends on who you're working with, that kind of thing. Um, so that's kind of the route I take. If I made a mistake, I try to, to take care of it right away. Um, if not, I, don't, I mean, I, you know, people try to cover their tracks, that kind of thing. I, I do believe it's best to just get it out there. Yes, I'm sorry that happened. It won't happen again, obviously, that kind of thing. For some reason, I find it... Another part that's difficult when you talk about these mistakes is maybe you're working with a team and you feel like, okay, it was partly my fault, it was partly this person's fault, blah, blah, blah. Do you take the blame on yourself if you're supposed to be in that leadership position, if you're supposed to be running something? To me, there's sort of this this dance always of, you know, everyone's involved, everyone's culpable for, you know, your team. You know, a lot of times, it you know, they say blank rolls downhill kind of thing. But to me, it's finding that balance of, okay, being honest when it was on you, being honest when it was a team issue. I think that's the hardest thing is really being able to sit down and, and take away that bias because it's just one of those most, the most difficult things to me in life in general is just say, hey, yeah, I'm sorry, I messed up. What can we do to fix this? Especially when you're affecting other people. Right. I think you actually can go further by, I like to say, take responsibility. Yeah. There you, <laughs> you know, go. Versus taking the blame. Uh, <laughs> sounds better. Sounds positive. Very positive. Yeah, right. Yeah. And as a, as a team lead, I mean, you are responsible for the work of your team. Um, you know, whether or not you like that. I mean, if you aspire to be in team leadership roles, that's the way that mm-hmm. works. But um in the past, uh, I've, you know, they always say that the cover-up is usually <laughs> what gets people into trouble. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, just accept responsibility, look for ways to improve, and then move on. I think you'll actually go farther um, using that approach versus, you know, trying to deflect or trying to cover and hide. But I can understand where you're trying, you know, if something does happen, you're trying to resolve it quick. Right. I actually, I actually, as a, as a, you know, a manager, I actually appreciate when someone makes a mistake and then they caught the mistake and then they try and fix it. That's okay with me. But you're right. Once you start trying to cover up your tracks and then it's uncovered, it's like, <laughs> right. why wouldn't you tell me? It's not, I mean, I mean, I like to think that I'm somewhat reasonable and would be understanding and, you know, help you work through the process so that it doesn't happen again. But I think that it's important to take responsibility as well, because for me, it's a matter of um, being like in the moment and being honest with yourself about what's really happening so that you can actually reflect and say, okay, you know, this is the situation and this is what I need to do moving forward. And this is the reality of it. So, you know, if you're lying and you're trying to cover up your tracks, and then you get called out, and then you don't take responsibility. We're well, not really learning from it, and chances are you're going to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And then you're sort of kind of lying to yourself about yeah. the reality of the work situation that you're in. And I feel like, don't you just want to like breathe and be like, this is the situation, right. and this is what it is, and this is how I have to navigate through it if I choose to. And if you don't, you know where the door is. Right. You know, and- go find something else to do. And if you're the manager and, and you don't take, let's say, the blame or the, you know, the responsibility is there on you and um, you made the error, but you're trying to pass it off. Well, it happened because of X, Y, Z below yeah. me. Um, and then, the, like you said, you're covering your tracks, you're lying. And then all of a sudden that comes out. Who's that going to look bad on? You know, it's going to look bad on the whole team. The team's not going to then appreciate, you know, or they're not going to respect, respect or trust. And um, and then 
to the managers higher up that that's also going to, you know, that's not going to be favorable in there and in, in, in that eyes either. So, and, and what I tell my team is put things in writing. Mm-hmm. Put things in writing oh. and I'll put it in writing because and then there's no room for, well, that's not what you said. Well, oh. look at that email and I'm going to forward it to you again and you can yeah. read it again. And then if you forgot, that's okay. Right. But, right. but put it in writing. I, that's just my tip. Yeah. I, I think as you touched on it too, the big word there is trust because if somebody doesn't make a mistake and they own up to it or, or you know, they, they just they say, look, I missed this. I forgot. Okay. That's great. If you if you go to cover up your tracks, how do you know really when you can trust them? I think right. trust is so valuable in any, you know, whether it's in workplace or at home, that once it's broken, it's really hard to start mending it. And then as a manager, you don't want to have to be constantly checking on somebody. So I think that that just causes so many problems down the road, not just that immediate issue of a mistake, but, you know, moving forward as well. Yeah. Very good point. So, yeah, I think that... Um, for our listeners out there, we just everyone, if you if you do make a mistake or you do have responsibility for an issue, just own up to it, um, take it on head first, and as we like to say, focus on the solution and not um, the blame game, and just kind of move on from there. If you accept the the responsibility and come with a solution, that's going to look better than if you tried to cover your tracks and lie. Okay, so our last topic for the day is brought to us by Tim. <laughs> Very interesting idea about PTO. So please do tell us more. Sure. I mean, the article probably is, I mean, it's obviously giving information, but it's also talking probably to the employers and this idea of trying to help create some flexibility in the workplace and work-life balance. Obviously, that's a, that's a huge thing for a lot of uh, people who are looking for jobs right now. And the idea is you have this paid time off, which can be used for vacation, sick, you know, whatever you need to use it for, essentially. But companies are actually allowing you to buy more time or sell the time you're not going to use or donate it to a colleague. And just the article talked about it's helpful because it's only costing you a portion of what your check would be versus if you just had had no PTO days left and you have to take a day off, obviously you don't get paid for that day. Right. So it's just finding this balance to sort of keep everything moving, flowing, keep your employees happy. Uh, Again, you know, just trying to also build some camaraderie because as it mentioned in there, maybe there's somebody who has a family that's far away and they want to take an extra week and then you have another colleague who doesn't use all their vacation time. Well, they can kind of share and help in that way. So I just want to get your thoughts and if you think that is something that would work, if it's sort of slippery uh, ground that you stand on, or just what your take on that. My sister works at um, a major university college in Arizona and it's like one of the top 10 uh, hospitals and they do this. Hmm. And so I wasn't – when she mentioned it to me, I was like, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> and she ended up giving one of her colleagues just giving. Wow. Um, like five vacation days. Your sister gave it away? Just gave it away because she had accumulated so much and she was going to school, getting her um, you know advanced degree, and she just wasn't – and I remember when she was telling me this, I was like, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. Why would you – give someone a whole week of vacation. And my sister is very, I mean, she would give you the shirt off her back if it was the last year she had. That's just her mentality. And so I'm like, what is wrong with you? Because I was like doing the math. I'm like, do you know how much money you just gave that person? (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. And for me, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. I I read the article and um, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like people... The, the particular person that she gave the time to was someone who 
was kind of a flaky employee to begin with and then, you know, was always calling in. Because like you said, Tim, you can use PTO for um, sick days, paid vacation and whatnot. And this particular person, because I was like, well, how did this person run out of PTO days? Mm -hmm. And she was saying, well, um, you know, you know, she's had some problem. You know, there was always like an excuse. And I just told my sister, I'm like, you're crazy. I'm like, I wouldn't have given her anything. Actually, my stepdaughter had this option um, a couple years ago at an insurance company in town here. and But there were some caveats in there. And I was hoping that the article would have touched upon it, and it didn't. So she could buy, I don't know, there was like a maximum. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was um, five days to, or 10 days that she could purchase PTO. But she had to do it at the beginning of the year. And the caveat, though, was she had to use all of her allotted PTO for the year. So, and uh, she had to use it all, and then she had to use the paid PTO that year as well. Mm -hmm. Mm. So she couldn't carry any over. And then what happened was there was a push. You know, her manager then started watching how she was tracking because she couldn't take all the PTO in the month of December because there were coverage concerns um, to get the work done. So... You know, they were very concerned as the end of the year came along that all these people who had purchased extra all wanted to use it because they had to use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, I, you know, if you kind of have your schedule laid out, especially if you're going to, like, take a major vacation or something, you know, where you want to be gone for an extended time. Um, it is an interesting idea. I think I'm with Jacqueline, though. I don't I don't think I like it as much. Maybe I would if I was in a company and, and I had that. But I, I do think that it opens up for people to get taken advantage of. Um, somebody is really nice and then you have somebody that's really pushy or something like that. And they, you know, somebody's more of a, a pushover <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's begging for their PTO time. They might give it up. And I just think that that's not fair. Um for that person or to put that person in that situation. I, I, yeah, I kind of think that if you, if the organization, kind of like the example that you just gave, Lynn, is like, listen, you guys can buy up to three extra PTO or five extra PTO days the you know a year and they, here's the rules and here are the blackout dates when you can't use them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think that that is, yeah. um, I think that's something that I could see reasonably happening. But yeah, as you're to like swap, like, oh, well, I'm not going to use my PTO day, so I'll give them to you. Or I f- buy them from people. I feel or- like that is where people start, uh, the relationships yeah. can start changing. And like you said, Azure, I mean, you can start getting bullied in the workplace. Like, <laughs> well, you didn't say that, but, but you're, basically, you know, like yeah. take advantage of the nice, quiet little IT team that, you know, is so sweet and so nice. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're here every and day. And they're here every day and on weekends and they don't use any PTO. So let me have yours. Right. I, you don't yeah. need them. Right. <laughs> I think that is the biggest point is if you're an employer looking into doing this as a possible like side benefit, because that's how they kind of look at it as another benefit for employees is perk, make sure you yeah. have everything laid out exactly how you want it and be in control of that. So you avoid any of that sort of swapping because a, a lot of these employers, you can't donate it directly to somebody. You have to sell it to the company and then they okay. can disperse it in a lot of the situations. Just that way it helps. They can monitor, you know, if they have coverage issues or, yeah. you know. Oh. So it's a, it's a little give and take. But, you know, as with anything on the employer side, make sure you have everything laid out as, as much as possible to True. avoid any of that those issues. So yeah. you sell them but back to the company so that there's at, at the, a reduced rate. So right? the PTO is still the same amount. Mm-hmm. It's not like the company is having more PTO days. 
It's the right. same amount. You're just saying, I don't need these yeah. ones. And then they okay. can resell them to someone else. And then right. they can do it on scenarios and things like that. Right, yeah. Right. And again, there are different ways to set that up. And again, and the idea there is even if you sell it, you're not getting, you know, you're not uh, getting like a full paycheck for it or anything like that. It's reduced. Yeah, exactly. There's some sort of ratio to it. But as always, have it all laid out ahead of time. And it usually issues are uh, Interesting limited. idea, though. Yeah, because then people that are having one of those years where they just need a couple of extra days or something like that yeah. definitely come in handy. I could see the benefit. Whew. All right, gang. <laughs> As always, our time in the quad has come to a quick conclusion, but whoa, we were hot today. If you'd like to suggest topics for discussion on the LJN Radio quad, do send a message to LJN Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Tell us your thoughts on how you deal with interruptions during your workday. For Jacqueline Peterson, Azure Mahara, and Tim Yuma, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening. 